I see a lot of people who are have these nervous systems that are on hyper vigilance. And it's like they're constantly surveying the environment for like what's out there to hurt them. And I found major breakthroughs in people's healing when they were able to work on their relationship health, the relationship with themselves, the relationship to their pain from their past. Like what, what's your opinion on casual sex? Like do you think it's a good thing? Does it, does it have more harm? Like talking about food, you know? Like what do you think of food? And it's like there's a lot of what I would call sex that isn't penetrative sex. So like something that a lot of people even think about is like, so really good sex doesn't necessarily look super duper pornographic. Like it can be. Welcome back to the Seeking Success Podcast, the number one virtual podcast in the world, powered by Stockpick. Today we have a very special guest on. We have Dr. Molly Malouf, who aims to refine healthcare by combining medical, technology, education, and media to maximize maximize human potential and expand health span. Her concierge practice serves a client uh, of high-profile individuals in the LA and Bay Area with personalized medicine. Uh, Dr. Molly, thank you so much for having, uh, coming on today, and uh, we're actually really excited to ask you a bunch of questions cool all right so i guess just to start this off um can you tell us a little bit about yourself like uh when it comes to background or a brief bio almost i mean brief <laughs> what do you want <laughs> how, how far um, do we go back i guess i guess just introducing yourself i guess into the the health space and yeah, like, like especially being in the la like, area yeah and all that stuff um well i started medical school in my 20s and then okay. i you know went to residency and finished a year of it and then decided i would go out on my own and get my license and start my own medical practice in silicon valley working with executives investors and entrepreneurs and then nice. also working with startups concurrently um okay. and then i've always been an educator i built a course for my peers in medical school that was added to the curriculum called physician heal thyself evidence-based lifestyle and then I also created a course for Stanford uh, in 2018 called Live Better Longer, Extending Healthspan for Longer Lifespan. So okay. um, when I, I first started teaching there in 2019 and then um, finished up in 2022. And then I just moved to Austin last year. So I'm not teaching nice. anymore there. But um, yeah, I started, um, the, I started building companies and entrepreneurship and having a blast mm. with uh, building products and services, and it's just been a really beautiful, fun career in health. Mm. Oh, for sure. No, it's so awesome, because when we were doing our research today, uh, as you was noticing our questions, I saw more of your health side, and you being like a health practitioner and helping people with the whole mission you're on. And it was interesting, because I was reading Radice's notes, he saw a lot of like the relationship theories you had in there with like combining relationship and health and how important that is. Yeah. So I guess uh, moving on, let's just jump right into the relationship stuff. Radice, you want to go and ask uh, the yeah, first question so you prepared? You talk a lot about like traumas when it comes to having like sexual relationships, and like, yeah. why don't you tell us, like, real high level, like, the importance of understanding, like, trauma? Because I feel like this isn't really talked about. And a lot of people, uh, male or female, like, I feel like people don't even know that this is a thing, like, oh, sexual yeah. trauma. Um, why don't you talk, talk about that for a bit? Well, it's not just sexual trauma. It's emotional trauma. It's mm -hmm. uh, attachment issues growing up. It's conditioning from parents. Sometimes it's not really full-on trauma. It's just people didn't have great upbringings and mm -hmm. didn't have um, parents that were loving or kind to them. So there's big T trauma, which is like, you know, PTSD inducing or, or sexual dysfunction inducing trauma, things right. that can cause your nervous system to really be wired wrong. And then there's, um, and then there's like little T trauma, which is just, you know, like the kind of stuff that happens to you in your life that just doesn't get resolved. But 
the truth is, is that I see a lot of people who are have these nervous systems that are on hyper vigilance. And it's like they're constantly surveying the environment for like what's out there to hurt them. And mm -hmm. this is usually a manifestation of a nervous system out of balance, typically because of a previous experience that's created the conditions where they don't feel safe in their body. And right. I didn't really start fully understanding trauma until I started working in the psychedelic medicine space. And mm. I started realizing that so much of human healing is not just fixing your biology. A lot of it's actually mm. fixing the psycho-spiritual facets of your health. And yes. the fact that the subconscious is where we store a lot of these memories that they may, they, they may not be in, you know, they may not be like in the you know, in, in the mind, in the moment, but they're, you're sort of reacting to things as though these problems are still present, but you're not really mm -hmm. sure why you're triggered by stuff. So getting into this conscious realm of like what, you know, what's underneath the surface is something that a mm -hmm. lot of people just don't do. And I found major breakthroughs in people's healing when they were able to work on their relationship health, the relationship with, with themselves, the relationship mm -hmm. to their pain from their past, um, building self-compassion for who you are. And like what a lot of what psychedelics really do is they create the conditions where you can, you know, really tap into your subconscious and really kind of mm -hmm. reformat the hard drive. And yes. to me, that's really powerful stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I, I think like, I think Umar and myself, we're pretty spiritual in ourselves. Like we have our journeys and, you know, relearning, I guess reprogramming your subconscious mind is probably one of the most important things you could do. And they say, you know, when you grow up in a poor household, you're more often going to be growing up poor and you're going to just be, become poor. Um, as opposed to if you yeah. grew up in a wealthy fa family, like you have that, you know, your programming is like, oh yeah, like, you know, you deserve this. You have a nice car, a nice mm -hmm. house. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I, I love how you touched upon like the whole mind, body, soul connection. Uh, Cause I think that's also something that's not really talked about. And right now, I guess we're in a time where there is, I guess an increase when it comes to casual sex, sex right? And we, we want to ask you, what do you think is, like, what, what's your opinion on casual sex? Like, do you think it's a good thing? Does it, does it have more harm? Such a tricky show. Such a ball of... <laughs> it's kind of like... Um, it's like talking about food, you know? Like, what do you think of food? Mm. And it's like, <laughs> food is like a really big topic, right? Sex is a really big yeah. topic. Casual oh, sex yeah. is a really big topic. And I personally have gone through phases of being very much like I'm only going to sleep with someone who I want to be in a relationship with. And okay. generally speaking, that's how I typically go. Um, I try not to sleep with people who I'm not going to, I wouldn't want to have a baby with. I think that's really important if you're not on birth control for a woman. Mm, yes. But the thing about sex, so like, so that's like penetrative sex, right? Like yep. unprotected, unprotected sex. Like that's generally speaking, I don't have unprotected sex with strangers. I don't, um, I don't have sex that could cause me to get pregnant with someone who I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. That's a big no for me. Um, mm. But there's a lot of what I would call sex that isn't penetrative sex. So mm -hmm. like something okay. that a lot of people don't even think about is like the amount of energy that, that's exchanged just when you're making out with someone and grinding on them, right? Like mm. some some women like me are like, I mean, to me, that can turn me on and I, I can orgasm from that. Like, that's not, it's not common, I guess, for all women. But um, so like, is it sex if you haven't been penetrated, but you had an orgasm? You know, like, mm. there you go. So like, now the question is, is like, if you're not worried about sexually transmitted infections, what about sexually transmitted energy? So mm. I try that's not a big to one. have 
I try not to have sexual experiences with people that I wouldn't want their energetic residue from. So okay, like, I really yeah. do absorb energy from other people being around people. I think I, this is going to yes. sound very esoteric, but I, I feel different when I'm around people that I love and care about versus people that mm. I don't really know. Like I feel different around them. Right. And so yes. when I, so I guess casual sex, like first of all, like, I don't want to say that I haven't had it because I certainly have. So I'm not going to like be a hypocrite and be like, oh, I never, ever had casual sex. But <laughs> I, have, I, I, I do believe that you put yourself at risk for a lot of things by casually embarking on sexual sexual, you know, interactions with people. So yeah, sorry to interrupt you, uh, doctor. But um, when you say you have there's like, the cons, are you talking more on like a, the health level, like a transmitted disease? Or are you talking about like mentally as well? Well, so oh, there's okay, a risk, okay. right? Like, like, <laughs> I, 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 I think if you don't really get to know somebody before you have an, an experience with them, like, mm. for example, this is, another, this is something that's worth talking about, but like love yes. is very tied to sex. And so oh, for, if, you're oh, a, sure. if you're a man or a woman and you sleep with someone, they can become completely obsessed with you. Like that's you true. can end up with like that's people true. who are like stalker levels. And I have, I've had this happen to me where oh, yeah. you have some fun with someone who's new and then you think, you know, you're like, okay, this is probably not going to end up as a relationship. So you, you yeah, say, yeah. look, like, great, but this isn't going to work out. And this is the consequence of, this is the, one of the bigger risks for women and men is like, what happens if they are like, no, but you're the person, you're my person. And I'm like, mm. no, 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 you're not my person. And then they become yes. stalkers and obsessed with you. Yeah. Oh my God. I hear these stories on TikTok right? sometimes. Oh, it's gas. <laughs> insane. Right. It's so like all oh, of this God. is avoidable. And also I think a lot of people don't in, enjoy foreplay enough. They don't enjoy like the, the buildup. They don't enjoy making out. They don't, they don't enjoy yes. like all the stuff that you can do. All of that arousal it can build for weeks is such yes. a turn on. And so why rush into the bedroom? Cause it's yes. often a letdown. <laughs> like often it's like, oh. even if it's great sex, it can be a little bit of a letdown to have sex too soon because then there's like nothing to wait for, you know, there's nothing, that, there's, uh, you just like, you felt it all. And it's like, okay, cool. Oh, for great. sure. Awesome. Oh, for Whereas sure. if you well, let this, you know, if you let this whole dating process, like spread out for a few months, you have this build up, and then you have this, and then you know this person and then you like really trust this person. And then you're like, okay, they're not going to hurt me. You know? Yes. Um, okay. Yes. Cool. There's I want to, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. What I, what I wanted to say was, I actually really like how you said that, like the whole buildup aspect, especially because very recently, one of my buddies was having some marriage issues with his wife, and he yeah. came to me and he's like, "Dude, this is what's happening," and and we don't get intimate with each other anymore. She never wants to do it. And I'm like, okay, that's very easy. You're saying that, but like, are you like warming her up? Are you doing acts of service, acts of kindness? I told yeah. him to read um, the five love languages. That was a really yeah. good one. And the guy was like, nothing. He just expects no dude i work i provide for her i should you know get some and i'm like whoa uh no that's not how it works you know and it's crazy because like i've been married yeah. for almost a year just over a year now yeah. and even with my my spouse right we make it an emphasis to to do go out on the romantic date to, to go on a dance or even if we don't go out publicly dance in the house just like the, the almost like the, the mental the the mental foreplay 
Whereas like you're saying kind words, you're being nice, you're dressing up for her, putting on her favorite color, and she, she just all of that. And when I explained to him, it was it was such a foreign concept. And I think um, we talked about this lots of times on the podcast, but I think this is where like pornography came in and destroyed the mind of men because a lot of yeah. men just objectify and sexualize women, and they think the woman's just gonna get down on her knees and, and please mm-hmm. you and and jump over backwards and flip. It's like a whole mental movie they predict. It was it's just it's horrible to see. Oh yeah, it's horrible to see. Like I also. I- no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's just that also really good sex doesn't necessarily look super duper pornographic. Like, it yeah. can be, <laughs> and, and like the thing about porn is like, there's a time and a place for like animalistic fucking, right? Like there's a time and a place for that. Like, but arguably for most women, they want a much, much, much lower experience. They want yeah. to be turned on to, they want to be fully engorged, fully aroused, fully ready to be received and yeah. or to receive someone and it's just not it's not what most men do most men are rushing 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 into sex and so a lot of, a lot of women just don't want to have sex because it hurts because it hurts mm. if you're not lubricated like mm, it really really hurts and it's not mm. pleasurable and so why would you want to do something that doesn't feel good you know mm. and arguably like women have this incredible multi, multi they can be very multi-orgasmic as men can but if, if you just focus so so much on orgasm the entire time, you're missing out on this entire space of just like different kinds of orgasms you can have without, you know, this like, just like that what, peak orgasm. And this is a lot of mm-hmm. montage work. Um, there's really good books that are worth reading called Cultivating Male Sexual Energy by Montauk Chia and Cultivating Female Sexual Energy. And it's a really good Tao, these are really good Taoist books on sexual, um, sexual health. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I also just going back to your, what you were saying about the guy, this whole thing about um, his wife not wanting to have sex. Well, he's not, he wasn't really courting her. Yeah. And women want to feel emotional intimacy before physical intimacy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they really sure. want to feel this connection. And connection oh, is so, sure. so key before it just, it's what makes you, it's what turns you on. It's like feeling oh, connected, yeah. feeling seen, feeling held, feeling loved. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And like, I think the one thing I want to ask you is, so we, we kind of touched on this earlier. Do you think like, whether it's the guy sees it early in the girl or the girl sees it early in the guy and they're like, okay, I have a feeling this person's going to go crazy for me if we engage in certain activities. Like, how do you approach that? Do you think there should be like a warning ahead of time? Like, hey, you know what? Like, I kind of feel like you're moving too fast, but like, I'm still down. Or like, like what, do you, what do you recommend someone do? Um... In terms, can you clarify the question? Like, for example, like, you know how we talked about, like, you don't want to have that person who's obsessed with you and starts stalking you and goes through, like, a crazy maniac phase. Like, how do you prevent that in, like, a healthy way where everyone kind of gets what they want? Um, I think the key is, is, like, the same thing I said with sex. It's, like, slowing down, you know? Like, also, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but do your homework on people, you know? Like, to red flags but you're yes. not going to be able to look those red flags unless like it's funny like i ignored a lot of red flags with this one person that i was seeing and it really bit me in the ass so never mm-hmm. ignore red flags just don't yes. ignore red yes. flags like whatever you do do not ignore them i will probably yes. never in the future ignore another red flag because i just don't have to, i don't have time you know like there's no reason to to like engage with people who are crazy um so and, sure. <laughs> you know like i think um People will show their true colors if you don't if you don't give them what they want, you know. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I also I don't know. I just kind of really feel like 
when it comes to um when it comes to sex like there's so there's such a progression that you can go you can have like making out for a while you know grinding on top of someone fingers only hands only um you know mm -hmm. just like perfecting your hand game is like some powerful <laughs> fit for women and i think honestly even for men like i definitely definitely don't feel like i knew how to give a proper hand job for like till my 30s like i swear, <laughs> I swear to god i didn't know what i was doing i was like what the, what is this so like <laughs> learning those basic skills of sex and mm -hmm. slowing down and really trying to like like actually educate yourself like some great oh, yeah. sex educators out there um oh, yeah. that are really really good speakers on online like yes. my friend readaboutsex.com um read mailco and then monique darling and lawrence lanoff charlie glick uh, mm. Seda Desolet, Aaron Michaels, yes. like these are world-class Tantra and sex educators. And yeah. there's some really good ones on Instagram. And so a lot of people just like, aren't learning about sex the way they learn about nutrition. You know, yeah. I think it's really yeah. important that people like actually learn about sex, like take some courses. Yes. Like, well, work. I, I think like, it's like, like Molly, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, Molly, but I think it's like, because it's such like a, it's almost like frowned upon. Like, you know, you're not supposed to talk about like money. You're not supposed to talk about like sex. Yeah. Like, do you think that's why like people don't really make the effort to learn about it? People love talking about sex with me. I get asked <laughs> about sex all the time from people and I'm only yeah. being asked about it because I'm studying it from like a first yes. principles perspective. I'm like, what is the act of sex? What is, what makes good sex? What is magnificent mm -hmm. sex? What are better sex, sex, sexual skills? Like I've, mm. I've downloaded every app just to figure out what is the landscape of stuff look like out there. And mm -hmm. there's so much, good, there's a lot of good stuff out in the world, but there's also not a lot of good stuff that is really easily readily available to people, you know? Mm. So mm. I'm, I'm developing a sex therapy for like modern times because I think it needs to be a thing. You know, we need to develop oh, for this. Sure. Important. Oh, for sure. I also notice. I feel like it's also low key an ego thing as well, where a lot of people they don't like to. Yeah, yeah. they think they know. Like, and it's not even just sex; it's everything. Like, <laughs> follow a religion, you think you know everything. You you don't want to hear about the other side. You have di you follow a certain diet, keto. Keto is the only thing. I don't care about anything you have to say. I notice a lot of like, it's like uh just ignorance. We just do we think? Yeah, we just know something and we want to stick to that one thing. Uh, and like a lot of people say, it's I think it's after the age of, if I'm not mistaken, 26 years old. It's very hard for your brain to rewire new patterns right so yeah. it's interesting to see i guess it comes back down to like how bad you want it but since we're talking about the brains you slightly touched on this earlier and when i saw some of your work talking about psychedelics i was so interested because you're a very unique person when it comes to sense where you're a medical doctor formally educated you're also like in the yeah. hollywood scene where you're working around like these new movie stars celebrities and all that but then also it's like we don't see this often where you're combining the medical side with uh, the, the psychedelic side, right? So can you talk yeah. a bit about that? Uh, what really got you into the whole psychedelic scene? And then how did you merge that into your current practice? Um, I mean, I was interested in psychedelics when I was in, um, when I was in, I don't know, high school, not, not high school, it was college. <laughs> when I first got interested in them, I was like, oh, um, I definitely wasn't taking them, by the way. I was yeah. um, mostly, I was mostly um, studying them. I read a bunch of books okay. in the library, and I was like, I'm gonna take this entire section of books, check the yeah. whole thing out, and put it in my room, and keep these to myself for six months. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of illegal, by the way, to check all those books out. Like it was a bit <laughs> illegal to do that, but um, I did it anyway. And 
I found an ant on my computer. That's so crazy. How did you get inside? Um, so inside. I was just thinking about um, psychedelics really young, but I only took them. I took mushrooms for the first time in high and like in, in between college and medical school. And I was like, so flabbergasted by the experience that I was like, I was like, wow, I really don't know if I need okay. to do this ever again. That was profound. That was yes. totally profound. And then my late twenties, early thirties, I started going to Burning Man. And then yes. I basically, you know, learned a bit about what that world was like and started experimenting mm. more. And that definitely created, um, that just created like, uh, for me, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just, it just changed my whole world view as I was like, psychedelics are not evil. And I would talk to my friends about this. Like, psychedelics are really, really important. And they would be like, what are you crazy? And I was like, no, yes. I'm just thinking about the future. And I think these are medicines. And so a lot of people were just like, <laughs> that job. And then a lot of these people ended up being funnily enough, they ended up being yeah, like, yeah. The, yes. uh, the, <laughs> the people investing in the space. So it's just funny to me that like, you know, like everybody thought I was crazy and then they thought I was smart. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Full I don't circle. know. I'm, I'm generally way too ahead of curves, but it's fine. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, I just got really interested in like what they can do for consciousness. And I think that they are profoundly okay. powerful and also dangerous if used improperly. So I'm definitely the kind of person who's trying to opt like to just make sure that people are aware of um the risks and benefits yes. they're not perfectly safe well i was just gonna say like i know a couple of people who like they do uh shrooms and like every time they talk about it like it just it, like i feel like they just sound crazy maybe it's because they're not doing it properly but like again just from my experience like they, they're, they'll be saying like oh yeah like the whole world looked like it was a grid and like i felt like this that whatever and like i i you know like sometimes like i'll get phone calls and they're just like crying they're like I love you, bro. And I'm like, well, like, what's going on? They're like, yeah, I just took shrooms. I love you, bro. I just wanted to. I'm like, okay. And like, I think it is very interesting because there's, it, there's just so much to learn about them. And I don't think there's enough people like really talking about the implications, the good things. And like, there isn't really like a go-to guide. What do you think is like the place where people should go to just get like a quick, like, let's just say they don't know anything, but they want to start like learning. Where do you think people should go to? Um, one of my advisors is the founder of the website psychedelic support and i think it's excellent okay. so i would definitely okay. check that out psychedelic support okay cool because i think a lot of people are interested and like yeah. i don't know like it, it's like a recurring theme like people always like i feel like now it's becoming more popular as people are like oh yeah like you know they want to do this they want to do that um so no that's that's, that's, that's interesting yeah that, that is yeah. cool well now we touched that we want to talk also about like which is something also very interesting of you working in like the la and bay area you're you're known as like the 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 celebrity practitioner so could you talk about some celebrities you work with and some interesting stories you might have that is totally a hipaa violation <laughs> oh so what do you want i mean oh. I, can't, I can't reveal names of people on oh you can't reveal That's, names these are private okay patients. okay, okay. Private, this is private you're private these are okay. high net worth individuals. They do not. Want, they do not want to be talked about on a podcast. Are you kidding me? That's well. You have, so like, you know, like public I, stories I, that. I, well, no, sorry. Just to rephrase, we weren't asking for like uh, some private client notes. We we're just talking about if like someone was to mention something uh, publicly in the past, but if they haven't, we can absolutely just move on. Uh, I can't think of any right now, but I no? would definitely say that like one thing that's worth noting 
One thing that's worth noting is that um, every single person, no matter how successful they are, has challenges. Mm. And a lot of what mm. I do with people is I'm like there for them throughout the challenges that they're weathering. I'm helping them adapt yes. and self-manage, you know, more effectively. So yes. that's something that um, I just think is worth thinking about is like, you know, having someone like me on their on like on your speed dial is like if shit hits the fan, then you, you have like someone to talk to. Like I'm, I get calls yes. on weekends. I get calls about random questions. I get calls about fecal microbial transplants and embryo transfers and antibiotics. And, you know, I just get random calls from my patients about what, what they need. And I do my very yes. best to help solve their issue. Right on, right on. I appreciate that. And again, sorry if I came across like we're disrespecting your, your business. Oh, I know, just, no, no, no. I just, uh, I just gotta up. keep a hundred percent and we totally respect that well that was awesome we had those were like our meat and potato questions that we want to get some deep dives into now we're going to move into the short form round essentially what the short form round is we're just going to ask you questions that we want almost like point blank answers um so we could get like clips out of so yeah really so you could jump in the first one yeah and actually before we start that like one other question i had is like so i saw this study that was done where basically people there's a study that said um actually do you believe in marriage by the way Mm-hmm. For people okay. who want it, marriage. I don't know if I will get married or not, but I'm all for people getting married if they want. I just think it should be a marriage license that you get renewed, like a driver's license. There was a study that was done that said the more sexual partners you have, the less likely you are able to pair bond and have that spiritual connection and have that like soul tie almost. And the more partners you have, the more likely you are to get a divorce. So like, how do you... Like, how do you find the right middle ground of like, okay, you want to get married or have a family, but at the same time, you want to go and experience other things. Like, where, like, where do you think it's like the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, where does everything kind of stick together? I mean, I have friends that are polyamorous and married, and mm. they're able to have multiple relationships. And I have friends that are monogamous and married, and mm. they are happy in their their marriage. So, yeah, I think there's a good point to that, but I also think that. Um, we're living a lot longer, so we're going to start seeing a lot more people have multiple marriages, multiple relationships in their lives. Um, mm. My parents have been married forever, and my sisters are all in committed relationships, so I come from a very traditional family. Mm -hmm. um, but I've not been married yet. I haven't found anybody that I wanted to be bound to that long. So, mm. um, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm very optimistic for myself. I, I meet great guys everywhere I go, but... Um, yeah, I think like you have to just decide what you want your marriage to look like and what you want. What do you want? Do you want more open? Do you want more committed and closed and monogamous? Like there's a whole spectrum of what people want in their lives. There's also yeah, different types nice. of monogamy. There's emotional monogamy, there's um, social monogamy, and there's physical monogamy. So mm. there's how do you present yourself in the world? How do you, how, do you who do you have sex with? And, um, and then like, who, who do you love? And so I think that uh, there's quite a lot of evidence that a lot of married people have multiple partners and they don't tell their partner. So I'm not saying I, I'm condoning that. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff that's not said about human behavior. Right. You know, there's just not a lot of stuff that people actually say, but actually happens. And so I'm just really curious yes. personally about why we have this insane standard for people to be these perfect monogamous creatures when we evolved in tribes and you know like i just i don't know i'm not i'm not saying i don't believe that monogamy is possible because my, you know I, I believe i've got a lot of friends who have evidence of it but mm -hmm. i do think that um 
there's a, certainly a big movement in people wanting a variety of things, not just necessarily mm. a fully monogamous relationship. And a lot of my, a lot of my friends that are in that are that are gay are like married, and then they also have other partners. So like, a lot of my friends that are straight and married, some of them have other partners. So like, I think there's a wide variety. I mean, I have a lot, I have a very wide, broad social network, so I've seen a lot of different yeah. types of people. Um, but this is one of the biggest central questions of my life is like, how, what is the, what is, what is love and how do we share it with people? And what does that look like for society in a, in a modern world that needs more love than ever before? And how do we create mm. lasting bonds that also enable safety and also exploration and freedom? Mm. Wow. No, I really like the way that you, that, yeah, that was, Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. I think it's like like you just asked the perfect question, like what is love and how do you share that, especially at a time where we need love. Um, that, that, that's, that's very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Molly. And I think we'll definitely have to have you on again for another time just to talk about certain topics. We can go more in depth. But like Umar said, we're going to go into the shorts round now and we're just going to get quick uh, answers as fast as you can. So to start off, what are some of the problems with the health care system? Oh, you want me to ask small problems, like small answers? Um, Over-reliance on drugs and surgery to create conditions that are preventable. Um, Lack of treatment for behavioral health. Um, (laughs) People not understanding the root causes of the majority of diseases that are in the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. Doctors not being properly trained on metabolic health. Um, You know, doctors having zero education on nutrition. Uh, doctors not Ooh. teaching about sleep, not understanding exercise, doctors not understanding relationships, doctors not knowing how to handle gut health, stress, mm-hmm. and then the pervasive amounts of PTSD that doctors experience because the system is traumatizing to work in. Yes. That was, that was exactly what yeah. we were looking for. Perfect. Yeah, that was, that was perfect. <laughs> um, and then again, for the listener is... Dr. Molly has an incredible amount of content literally all over the internet. So whatever we couldn't touch in full today that we were going to talk about in the shorts round, you could find a plethora of information online. So mm-hmm. just for the listeners' curiosity. All right, we're going to jump to the next one. Um, we noticed that you practice a, a lot of fasting. So why do you practice fasting? Well, I personally am only doing like 14 hours right now. But okay. I will do longer fast during travel. But when I'm under high okay. stress, which I have been for basically the last two two years three years um <laughs> since the pandemic started i have fasting but it's yes. I'm gonna get back into it probably in the springtime once this okay book the book the, the, being a being tra- travel and stress is not conducive for fasting but i am a big believer yes. that fasting can help uh, with met- metabolism and metabolic health so yes. um yes. yeah i mean it's what, so what's the question um, why, why do you practice fasting? Like what's like, uh, top of mind, some, some big benefits oh, to take I away mean, from this. A mm-hmm. huge reason why fasting is good for you, as long as you're not under a lot of stress is, um, improving metabolic health and increasing metabolic flexibility. Mm, okay. okay. And so real high level again, Molly, what do you think is the best diet? Vegan, keto, carnivore? <laughs> what is it? There is not one, but I like paleo. Yeah. You like paleo? There is no, yeah, I'm paleo, but I'm but I'm I'm not like bound to a single diet. <clears throat> Can you tell us three three reasons why you like paleo the most? Uh, I don't tolerate grains very well. I get really 
bloated when I eat a lot of grains and, and pulses. Okay. Um, I love lean meat and game. Uh, I love um, really high quality fish, but I'm, I'm very careful how much fish I consume because of mercury. Um, I love mm. vegetables and fruits. And so mm -hmm. I love vegetables, fruits, nuts, meats, meats, and, and I do occasionally have some dairy. Like I've been doing butter and Parmesan, but, um, and I'll do maybe a little bit of mozzarella here and there, but I, I, I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I'm definitely like potentially going to cut back on the dairy just cause I don't know if it's really doing me too many favors, but I don't know. I just feel best on paleo. Mm. I feel good. I feel good on it. Okay. Yeah. Right on. That's, uh, that's cool. Okay. And then, um, so what are some steps that people can start implementing today to better their overall health? Um, basic steps or like, yeah, basic steps, like some simple actionable steps that the listener could take away today. Like what's some things you would, you would tell them to do to start bettering their overall health? I mean, first and foremost, developing a better relationship with yourself. Um, mm. You know, that's a big one that a lot of people don't have is they, they're so hard on their bodies and they're just like, do this, do that. And it's like, no, you gotta be really nice to yourself. Um, yeah. Eating whole foods, eating just whole real foods, like not a lot of packaged processed foods. I'm not saying I don't eat mm. any ever, but your majority of your diet should be whole foods. And, mm, yeah. um, and not the grocery store, but the actual ingredients. Um, and then uh, hydration, fitness, really good quality time with friends that you love and trust, um, building a strong social community and a strong social network, um, having purposeful work, making sure your gut is strong and healthy. If your gut, if you have gut dysfunction, nothing will work. Um, mm -hmm. Tracking your blood sugar and your stress and your movement and your sleep. It's really helpful for optimizing health. And yeah. um, thinking through, you know, overall, like what supplements you should be on, Generally, people need to be on vitamin D, K1, K2, magnesium, probiotic, if they need that. Not everyone needs probiotic. Um, B complex and, you know, getting your labs done a few times a year is really helpful for tracking things. Finding a good functional doctor or naturopath to be your, you know, your, your help in getting healthy. Um, mm. and, um, and then learning to build metabolic flexibility through things like a little bit of fasting and ketosis if your body can tolerate it, sauna and cold plunge, massage, you know, doing all the things that nourish your body for recovery. It's just as important to recover as it is to exercise. And then experimenting with other cool biohacks like NAD and HBOT, ozone, and all the good stuff for mitochondrial health. That's wow. blue. Mm. <laughs> okay, nice. that, that was perfect. I was like, so actionable. So many things there, but yeah. I, I like it. I like it. We're gonna have to watch that one back and just make sure it's like down for sure. So okay, let's talk about uh, again. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Which we have a we have a very interesting question about books coming up soon. Um, but before we get to that, what are three actionable steps women can take to have a better sex life? Uh, slow down her partner and okay. <laughs> teach the partner to slow down. Um, like learn to not just do kegels, but also push your, you know, bear down during sex to actually push out your pelvic floor so that you can actually engorge your genitals because you need to engorge your genitals just as much as you, your men need to engorge their penis. So mm -hmm. some like, there's like a similar need for engorgement and lubrication for women. Um, and then breathing is so important. So like what I do is I, I breathe, 
up through my pelvis, up through my back. And then I like, when I breathe out, I'm pushing it into my partner. So I'm circulating my breath into myself and out of, in, up my back into my partner and then back up through. I'm just like making like a rotation. Mm. So it's called the microcosmic oh. habit. It's a really good um, breath, breath, breath work practice that, practice that you can do during sex and it can really heighten sexual pleasure. Um, but, you know, there's also all sorts of other things that I can recommend, but they're illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get like the uncensored version. <laughs> okay. Um, and I would say, like, obviously... I would say a, small amount of, a small amount of marijuana, like two and a half milligrams. Oh, well, we're in Canada. It's, it's legal here. Yeah. So two and a half milligrams is really great. Um, really great for most women to just relax. And so it's totally mm. under underappreciated aphrodisiac is cannabis. Okay. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we talked about the women. Let's talk about the men real quick. What can men do better when it comes to relationships? Um, relationships. Um, I think reading the five love languages is a good start. I think, um, okay. you know, women want to be treated like a queen and they will definitely be better handled if they feel loved. <laughs> and so, you mm. know, like, women never get tired of, of like, of like the five love languages, you know, like I, I personally love all mm -hmm. of them. I like all of them, mm -hmm. but not everybody can give all of them. But I like, I mean, yeah. it's part of the reason why it's good to have more than one friend that loves you in your life. Even if it's not like, even if it's platonic, um, I I'm think, sure. I think, um, you know, a big one is conflict resolution and learning to be calm and the, and, the, and women are going to be, you know, women have emotions and men have emotions, but we tend to be a little bit more vocal about ours. So yeah. learning to just be present for <laughs> difficult emotions of your partner is a, is a real practice and meditation will help. Yes. But, um, mm. there's a, there's a really good therapy called Imago therapy and it's a type of conflict resolution style that involves mirroring your partner. So like really um, trying to like sit in front of them and mirror their behaviors and mirror like, okay, yes. and empathize with them. So say like, kind of like tell them what you tell, tell them what they told you back in your own words. So really mm. give them this sense that they have heard that you've heard them and then mm -hmm. let them know that you understand how they're feeling and they can imagine, you can imagine what it feels like to be in their position and then learn mm. to um, validate how they feel. So like, this can resolve so many conflicts. It's just not, it's a really simple tip is mirroring, empathizing, validating. And yet a lot of people just mm -hmm. don't know about it. So there's that. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Dr. Molly, you covered a bunch of stuff in the podcast. We're about to close it off with a couple more questions. But before we get into that end section of the podcast, I want to ask you if you could take a moment to highlight uh, your book that you've just released that you've been doing a lot of press around. Can you give uh, the listener a little uh, inside scoop of what they can expect if buying a copy of your book? I mean, it's definitely good for men and women. So even though it's written as a book on biohacking for women, I'd say 90% of it's applicable to men. Um, mm, and okay. there's just a whole chapter on hormones for women that I think is more female oriented. But I do okay, think, okay. I think it would actually help men to track their partner's hormones. And I think yes. if men understand yeah. the female menstrual cycle, it would really help their relationships. Oh, so yeah, oh, you gotta know when she's ovulating. <laughs> that's a really good reason to, to just like read the book. Um, uh, yes, you know, uh, just understanding women's biologies and understanding how we end up, we have to biohack a little bit differently. But the book goes into metabolism, movement, mastering stress, and maintaining connection. And really, it's all about mitochondrial health. So um, I hope mm -hmm. you guys love it. 
We're going to go into our rapid fire round, Molly. So basically, we're going to say a word or a phrase, and you have to reply back with just one word, the first word that comes to mind. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> All right. So the first word is success. Mm, happiness. Okay. Failure. Learning. Ooh, okay. Masculinity. Sexy. Ooh. Uh, content. Nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Motivation. Persistence. Ooh. Uh, networking. Uh, fundamental. Nice. Okay. Uh, influencers. Quality varies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, woman. Uh, the multiverse. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Relationships. Reason for being. Okay. Um, sex. Fun. <laughs> Mushrooms. Uh, magical. Ooh, okay. Cool. Okay. And then we got the last two questions. Uh, and the, the, the second last one is who the, is the first one that comes, that comes to mind when I ask the question, who's the most motivating person of all time for you? Motivating person of all time. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, that's a good <laughs> one. Um, I have to say, I've, I really admire Hedy Lamar, And she was this Hollywood actress who was also, okay. an, she was also an inventor and a spy. Oh. And she was like a oh, scientist wow. and an actress. She was a multi-hyphenate badass. And oh, wow. she was wow. a really interesting character from history. And she was one of those women okay. who was like way ahead of her time. Like it was not common for women like her to exist back then. So she was able to succeed wow. in multiple fields and, you know, okay. really um, just like be a total badass in multiple industries. And like, also who gets to be a spy? That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, that's actually cool. She also invented a type of, okay. I want to read up on that. Type of cryptography. Which is really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, dope. Okay. I definitely got to read into it. <laughs> and this is our last question for you, Molly. So we obviously know you have a book out right now. Uh, but, okay, if everything from your life, from the day you were born till now, is written in a book, what would the title of that book be called? Mm. <laughs> um, I, I've always wanted to call, I was, I've always wanted to, um, to write a book called Turn Yourself On. <laughs> Turn yourself really, on. really so much of my life has been about understanding energy and metabolism and health and sexuality and so mm -hmm. that's really like like both a metaphor of turning yourself on with electricity like a light but also turning yourself mm -hmm. on because i've not always been this healthy i was chronically fatigued after medical school and residency um wow. but i also learned how to turn myself on sexually after being after having sexual trauma and one of the things we haven't mm -hmm. talked about on the podcast is like one in five women are um, are raped, one in four are abused as children, and one in three are assaulted in their lifetime. So 
if there's one thing I want to have men listen to on this podcast, it's like, learn about the fundamentals of consent and learn about, mm. because that took me a long time to heal from that trauma. And so oh, it doesn't sure. have to happen, but you know, yeah. it just, it's pervasive. So, um, anyway, yeah, mm. I've learned how to overcome it and now I have like the best sex of my life. So there you go. Wow. And awesome. Thank you for being vulnerable. I was like, yeah, definitely. It is the statistics are actually very disappointing to see because especially in a time where we feel like we have more educated people than ever knowledge is so much far spread yet. Like some of these same things still occur, which is sad, but no, thank you for, for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Well, well, that one basically wraps this one up, guys. We're going to leave all of Molly's links in the description below. Uh, wherever you're watching this, make sure you like, comment, leave a review and all that. And like always, stay seeking success. Peace.